0: Good evening, River Valley. It's good to see you here tonight and at all of our campuses. We are glad that you are here for Marriage Night, and uh, this is where you get to invest in your marriage. And then when it's over, guys, the big question is, are we going to ask anyone else to join us, or is it just the two of us? All right, that's your only uh, homework right now, unless... Caroline gives you a lot more, which I'm believing she will. And it's a joy uh, for River Valley to have uh, Caroline Leaf here with us and her husband, Mac. We are so glad. Uh, When I heard that they were available, that uh, Mark and Pam Johnson came to me and said, hey, how would you like to have them uh, be with us for the weekend? How would you like to have her do a marriage night for us and uh, just minister the whole weekend? I said, yes, yes, and yes. And I said, but now you'll know where I get some of my material. So, if it sounds familiar, uh, yeah, there's been uh, just she's been a great resource to the body of Christ. I love that they said yes, that they came together, and uh, I want at all of our campuses now for us to welcome uh, Mac and Caroline Leaf. Can you welcome them tonight for Marriage Night at River Valley Church? Wonderful to have you. Wonderful. Wonderful, wonderful. So glad you're here.
1: Thank you, thank you. Thank you. You may be seated. Thank you. Well, thank you, Pastor Rob and Becker for uh, allowing us to stand on this pulpit, and especially thanks to Mark and Pam Johnson who arranged all of this. And thank you all of you married couples that have come out tonight or those that are about to get engaged and so on. I'm Big Mac. I've been married to the brain for 27 years. I'm the subject of most of the books if you decide to buy any of them tonight. (laughs) And yes, it's good to laugh. It primes you for learning. And I always like to tell a funny story. And I I cleared this one with Pastor Mark and Pam. But I was reminded of this elderly couple. And they were in the 80s. And they stopped off at a Walgreens. And they walked in and they asked the guy, do you sell wheelchairs? He says, yes. He says, do you sell oxygen tanks? Yes. Yes. And do you have uh, crutches? Yes. And do you have uh, vitamins for elderly people? Yes. And they were asking a lot of questions. And he asked, why are you asking me all of this stuff? He says, well, we're getting married next week. We just want a bridal registry place. (laughs) So I think uh, for those of you who have been married for a certain number of years or many years, I congratulate you, especially those who have reached the 50s. Any 50s here tonight? Wonderful. I think we should give them a hand. Unless uh, lest I forget anyone beyond the 50s. All right, so we're going to help you get there tonight. All right, so I'm going to be directing it from the back here. You're going to see a lot of slides. We've got uh, 38 slides and moving slides and all kinds of slides. And depending on the Holy Spirit, we'll either show all of them or not. But... Anyway, I have to say, I'll have to hand over to my precious wife now. I never know how to introduce her, Dr. Leaf. I mean, it's so formal. So I'll just say, sweetheart, it's all
2: yours. Much better. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. I have to honour Mac because he is a businessman. He has multiple degrees. He ran a huge business, and he gave up everything to run our organisation. And he travels with me around the world. We together twenty-four hours a day. We travel five days a week, four to five days a week. We've just come back from a two and a half month tour through um, South Africa and Australia, and so we we literally are around the world teaching people together, which is just so wonderful to be able to do that. And I have to honour my four children, our four children, because they. They put up with, a, with parents being away a lot and they love it though because they come with a lot too. So they get to travel the world as well. So they don't moan too much. So anyway, it's a wonderful honor to be here, and I love sharing on the things that I share. I mean, the brain science and the the Bible, it's just the most fascinating topic, well, I think it is anyway. I think brain science is very funny, very fascinating, very interesting, very funny at times as well, because it really gives us a very interesting insight into who we are as humans. So we all agree God made everything. So science is simply a description of the everything. So this weekend, I'm going to be doing five sessions tonight on marriage and then four different sessions. And as I do that, I'm going to be opening some of these doors to you about how science is an incredibly tangible and exciting way of getting to know God more and getting to understand God more. But I think he had so much fun when he decided to make males and females because we really see some interesting things happening in the brain. And as we know that this whole mystery of he said, she said, I mean, we're all very familiar with all the jokes that are made and, you know, there's a lot of, like, for example, Men are from Mars, women are from Venus, men speaking headlines, women speaking details, men don't share their feelings, women don't stop talking, males don't listen, women can't read maps, one doesn't have a clue, and the other one always wants more shoes. That's for us. <laughs> okay, so these are silly things. They actually titles of books. They have titles of books that really encapsulate and show the the humor behind the male-female relationship. And there's so many really funny things about the male-female relationship. But I think sometimes we can take that humour in the wrong direction, and sometimes we can misunderstand each other when we should be understanding each other. So I like to take this not from a, almost, I think the world does it in, in an almost sarcastic way, in an almost, in a way where it's, well, you know what, we just, you know, we can't live with each other, we can't live without each other, so we may as well laugh at each other. And I think that's quite a sad thing. Thing to say because God never made any mistakes. He only made good stuff, and He only made us for good relationships. So if we have issues in our relationships, it's not God's fault. It's not His design. It's our fault. So when we start understanding how we function, and we are start understanding a little bit more from a brain scientific perspective, it just gives you a different angle that is very tangible. So I think you'll enjoy with some of the things that you're going to learn tonight. So just very quickly, let's see how he, we are made in his image and how this is reflected in science. Genesis 126, be familiar with these scriptures. I'm just quickly building a foundation because I have a lot to share with you. First of all, we are made in his image. This is very significant. I teach on this all the time when I teach on the various different topics that I teach on. But primarily, one of the first things I tell everyone is don't forget the fact that you are actually made in his image. So for a moment, let's just look what that looks like. On this side of the stage, you'll see green trees. This side of the stage, you'll see toxic trees. If you've ever watched me on YouTube or TV or whatever, you'll always see that I set up, I always work in this in the setup on the stage, because this over here represents the love zone, and this over here represents the fear zone. Two opposite spiritual forces that cannot coexist. Okay, so the big one is God, and the big tree is God, and the little one is us made in his image. Now, what we know from science is that there isn't a single structure in the human body, a single, a single structure in the human brain, a single circuit, a single anything in the human brain or body that is designed or wired for anything but love. Okay, now that is, that is a statement that was made by a Nobel Prize winning scientist who doesn't believe in God. He actually studied fear circuits and he discovered there are no, there are no such things as fear circuits in the brain. But what we actually have is wire love circuits. We are actually completely wired for the positive, completely wired for good thinking, for anything that is love-related. And we have to actually learn to fear. So we actually have to learn how to operate in toxicity, which is the side of the stage. So this is the abnormal zone. This is the fear zone. This is where this is the root of all the things that can go wrong. They're all abnormal. And this is your normal. This is your default mode. So we are designed for this mode. So when we do sin. When we do have an issue in our relationship, which is specific, I'm talking tonight being a marriage night, I'm I'm going to focus the toxicity around relationships, not general stuff. When we do have that issue, we mustn't just turn to our partners and say, well, if you're not married yet, turn to your your fiancé or your boyfriend or girlfriend or whatever and say, well, you know, I'm not perfect That is such an insult. So this is the first point that I want to say tonight. That is an insult to your Creator. Because the Bible says very clearly that you are made in His image and he is perfect and he gave us the ability to think and choose and when we make wrong choices we wire we learn to fear our normal our natural is this zone so when we say we're not perfect what you do is you're actually insulting God you need to say this you need to say oh for a moment I've been imperfect or I've stepped into my imperfectly you or I've stepped into my de- into out of my normal natural and then you give yourself some slap therapy and you step back into your normal and your natural and you don't make an excuse for bad behavior because you are made in his image. So you chose to go down that pathway, Ecclesiastes 7.29, I made them perfect, but they choose to go down their own pathway. So when we in that zone, we got there on our own. Okay, We didn't get there. God didn't put us there. He didn't make us. So that's just the first thing I want to establish. So then also we are unique. Every single one of us, we are a standalone, unique designer babe. You are not the same as the next person next to you. You're all hearing the same message. But the way that you are processing what I'm saying is completely unique to you because even though you have the same brain structures, the way you use your brain and the way you actually wire your thoughts into your brain are completely different. So we see uniqueness all over science. We see uniqueness all over the brain. In fact, the law of the brain is diversity, which means the brain is completely unique. So the structures, when they're they're being used, your brain structures, when they're being used by you thinking, they are actually creating unique designer trees. Now what do I mean by unique designer trees? as you're listening to me now you are thinking about the information I'm giving you and you're thinking about it and you're turning it into physical thoughts. Now I'm going to spend more time this weekend teaching that concept but I want you to understand that you uniquely build thoughts in your own unique way and thoughts are real things that occupy mental real estate and thoughts are made of proteins in the brain. A thought is a mind signal and as you choose it turns into a physical structure inside of the brain made of proteins and they look like trees. That is why I use the tree-like structure on the on the stage. So all the thoughts that you build have a tree-like structure. you will understand this more as we go through this talk tonight, and as I showed you the other slides. So we made in his image, number one. Number two, you are completely unique. Then he made us male and female. Genesis 1:27. So first and foremost, first and foremost, please hang on to the fact that you are made in his image perfect. Secondly, that you are completely unique, which means that no one can be like you. Your wife cannot think like you. Your husband cannot think like you. Your best friend cannot think like you. No one thinks like you. You can't envy someone else because you, you could never be that someone else. You'd make a lousy someone else. You make an amazing you. You can't be jealous of your partner because they're completely different. In fact, if you recognize your uniqueness, you will celebrate your partner's uniqueness. And when you do that you grow brain health when you fight and get envious and jealous and whatever and you step in this zone you cause brain damage okay we'll learn more about that this weekend okay that's scary brain damage zone don't want to go there okay so first and foremost in his image secondly unique thirdly male and female so we express our uniqueness of being in his image through our maleness and our femaleness. So God decided to have this huge sense of humor where he made us all totally different so we can't understand each other that well, and then he adds maleness and femaleness to it and and, and adds to the confusion. But did he really add to the confusion? Because brain science shows that the more you strive to understand the uniqueness of other people and the more you strive to get over yourself and understand your partner, the more healthy your brain actually gets. But the more you say it's all about me and I want and listen to me and this is my story and this is me, myself and I and you not fair and you not this and you that and he this and she that and the more you step into the me, myself and I zone, the more brain damage you create. But the more you say, hey, let me get over myself. Let me think, what is he actually saying? What is she actually saying? What are we trying to, the more your brain health increases. So when you strive to understand, when you target the struggle, you will will have a very strong physical, positive physical reaction inside of your brain. And because your brain controls your body, your body will benefit too. And because your brain and your body have to listen to your mind, which is your soul, then your soul will benefit. In other words, you will start getting mind health as well as body health when you make good decisions. And when you're doing that, your spiritual health will increase as well. So when we do what God tells us to do, it works. Simple. So what we should be doing is admitting it, quitting it and beating it. Admitting the correct thing, quitting the wrong thing, admitting what we did wrong, quitting the wrong thing and beating it. Okay, so Genesis two eighteen, it's not good that man be alone. You know these scriptures. Matthew nineteen twenty five, Jesus words on he speaks about the male and the female being different and equal. And then just I just picked a few scriptures. Male and female are equal. My point here, you made in his image, you unique. You express your unique made in his imageness through your maleness and your femaleness and we equal. Okay? So all this genderism that has come through the ages of are males more intelligent than females and all this nonsense and females can't do this and males can't do that and whatever. it's It's wrong. We are different, but we are different in a very good way. Difference is not a value judgment. So let's Dig, dig a little bit deeper. Over the years, very often human qualities have been labeled as male or female qualities. So you'll see things like love, passion, empathy, blah, blah, that kind of stuff. They say that that's a male thing or a female thing. But it's not because all of us experience those emotions. But we experience them through our uniqueness and through our maleness and our femaleness. So, what we see from brain research, and I'm going to start highlighting this for you in a moment, is that, and showing you pictures and so on, is that we see that God has created differences in the structures. So, males and females all have the same brain structures, but they're different sizes. And that means that all males and females experience the same emotions, the same whatever, but we experience them differently. And we see this difference, one of the things that brain neuro. Science shows us is that the different sizes can help us to see why they're different, and and another interesting thing that brain science is showing us is which is totally complementary to the scriptures, and it should be because science and the scriptures have the same author. So one thing we are also seeing very clearly is that these differences are actually complementary. In other words, there's there's a way of thinking in the design of the structure of, of a part of the brain in the male that's slightly different in the design in the female, but it's complementary. It's not that one is better than the other. It's that one is one half of the coin, and the other is the other half of the coin. So when it comes together, you have completeness. So therefore, what we're seeing in brain science is that the way a guy does things and the way a girl does things is only half the picture. So if you want the real picture, you've got to put the guys and the girls together in terms of thinking and processing, and you'll actually have wisdom. So God has literally forced us to function together. And if you think of it, he designed us for relationship. He made us for relationship. He wanted to have a relationship with us. So obviously we're supposed to have a relationship with each other as husbands and wives and so on, but, and also as friends and brothers and aunts and uncles. We are designed for relationship. So just a point of fact, we are designed to be able to do this thing. We can have decent relationships. We can work through our issues. We can manage to have an incredibly perfect marriage. Okay, so I know people don't think that, but you actually can because you are designed to have an incredible marriage. You are designed to have an incredible life. And I'm not saying that it's not going to be, that it's all going to be sunshine and roses. We know it's not. But we do know that when we're operating in our perfectly you and your brain is functioning like it should directed by your mind, you will rejoice despite the circumstances. That is the reality. And that is what we should be looking for, not for the sunshine and roses to feel happy, happy all the time. It is, can you in the hard times rejoice despite the circumstances? Can you admit when you're wrong? Can you confess? Can you catch that sin quickly? Can you change? Are you prepared to get over yourself and try and understand your partner? Because if you're not, you're never going to be happy. You see, if you don't give 100%, you won't get anything. If you go into a marriage thinking, hey, I'm going to, I want 50 and I'll give 50 and you give 50, you will get nothing. You are designed to give 100%. And if both of you are giving 100%, you will both get 100%. But if both of you are coming into the marriage looking for 50 this or 60% of that or, you know, I think I should get more of this, you will never, ever be satisfied because you are not designed to do anything but give 100%. Okay, so... The three C's, this is how we can understand. This is a simple way of starting to understand the brain science. We are designed to complete each other and not compete with each other, okay? We are compatible. These three C's are gonna come up throughout the rest of the talk. You are compatible, which means that we fit together. We see this physically in the brain, we know this physically in the body, and we know this physically mentally and spiritually in that we are drawn to each other we are complementary which means that we are exponentially better together okay so we improve we contribute we are better together difference is not a value judgment okay so this is inside of a brain. This is actually, a, these are, sorry, not inside a brain. These are actually neurons from inside a brain in a Petri dish. And what you're gonna see is they're going to start moving. Now, what you are doing this evening is you are listening. As you are listening, I'm generating a signal. The signal is going in your brain and this weekend we'll learn more about the depth of this, but what you are doing right now is you are taking my thoughts, thinking about my words, thinking about them, choosing, and as you are doing that, you are building these protein-like structures I mentioned earlier on. So this is what you're doing. All day long, as soon as you open your eyes, as soon as you relate to your husband or to your wife, as soon as you're talking, as, as you face the events and circumstances of life, your reactions, your thoughts are turning into physical structures inside of your brain. So when you wake up in the morning and, and your husband says something or your wife says something and you're irritated immediately, well, um, you, let's just look at that slide again. You are building that physically into your brain. Now, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Please be very aware that whatever you're thinking about is going to turn into a physical structure. So if it's good stuff, you're building good stuff. Because the root of everything that you say and you do is first a thought inside your head. You don't just randomly say things to each other. You don't just randomly do things. You first think it through. You build the thought and you speak from the thought. Science shows us it's physically impossible for me to be doing what I'm doing now if I didn't first have thoughts inside my head. So you have a root which produces a fruit. So the thinking produces that thought. The thought produces the fruit of speaking or actions. So the next time you say something to your husband or wife that you think, where did that come from? Well, it came from inside your head. Okay? You just built it at some point. At some point you built that. So there's physical evidence, we know that. Okay, so there's a brain. Okay, someone said it looked like lasagna. Sorry for those of you that are going out for dinner, I hope I haven't put you off dinner. Okay, can you see my brain? Where's my brain? Okay, it should be coming up. My brain is here. Okay, there we go. All right, so there is a brain. Here is a female brain, and here is the male brain. Please take note that it's smaller. (laughs) It's not really. It's actually slightly bigger, but who cares how big it is? It's not important. What we found from brain science is it doesn't matter if the male brain is bigger than the female brain or vice versa. The fact is males are generally bigger, and their brains are generally about 0.2 pounds bigger. But that's got nothing to do with anything. What's got to do with everything is how you are using your brain. So the way in which you use your brain will determine what, basically what your brain is going to look like. So your mind, which is your soul, is separate from your brain. So let's look at the next. So here, this brain on the, okay, so keep this brain up for a moment, just put the brain back up, please. Okay, so this brain that is on that plate that you see over there basically can do absolutely nothing on that plate. Do you agree that that brain we can look at, we can cut it, we can cut it up, we can study it, but it's not producing any action, do you agree? Okay, so, but in your head at the moment, your brains are firing at quantum speeds. In fact, the thought that you are thinking right now is impacting every single one of the cells of your body right now as you are speaking. So your mind is separate from your brain and your mind changes your brain. Okay, your mind is your soul. And your soul is your mind, your intellect, your will, and your emotions. Your brain is part of your physical body, and you're a triune being. So let's look at the next slide to see this quickly, the summary, because I want to dive into some, apply, sort of applying this for you and showing you how this works. So you are a triune being, made in the image of God, completely unique, expressing yourself through your maleness and your femaleness. We're gonna start looking at what the maleness and the femaleness looks like in the human brain in a moment. But I want you to understand that that brain that you saw on the plate is part of the body, it's part of the physical, it's part of your triune being. What we know from scripture and from science is that your brain can do nothing, the physical body can do nothing unless you're alive. When you're alive, the brain and the body respond to life, and that life is in your spirit and your mind, your soul and your sp- spirit. So your spirit, soul, body, your spirit is the highest part of you, has those three parts you see up there, the in- Your basically your intuition, your communion, and your conscience, communion is worship. Then you have your soul, which is your mind, which is your intellect, your will, and your emotions, and then you have your brain and your body. Three separate parts. Through your mind, you basically, have one foot in the door of the spirit and through your mind you have one foot in the door of the body. So through your mind you are influencing your brain and your body and through your mind you are developing your spirit. Through your mind you choose to follow Christ. Through your mind you choose to develop your spirit, pray, read the word, etc, etc. So it is through our mind that we actually make decisions. So your mind is powerful. You have a love power and a sound mind. And what you're doing with your mind is changing your brain. You are a neuroplastician. Neuro means brain, plastic means to change. Every time you think, you change your brain. Because as you're thinking, your mind is the thinking, which is the intellect, will, and emotion. It's actually firing a signal through your brain, and your brain is physically changing. So what I'm trying to emphasize here is whatever pattern you have in your relationship, you can change it. If you choose to change the bad habits that that get set up in the first few months of marriage and then we build more bad habits in as we go along, you can change them. It doesn't matter how long you've been married. It doesn't matter how long you've done whatever it is that you've done. You can change it. God has designed you to renew your mind. He would never tell you Romans, give us Romans 12:2, and then design our brain to be this thing that doesn't change. So your brain simply is a fancy photocopying machine, and it simply captures the results of your mind. Your brain does the bidding of the mind. The mind is designed to be led by the spirit of man, and the spirit of man is designed to be led by the Holy Spirit. So when you are in your perfectly you, this side, you've got the Holy Spirit speaking to your spirit, speaking to your soul, speaking to your brain. And that's how it's supposed to be. How do we do that? Set up a constant internal dialogue with God. I'm a scientist. I've been in a practice for 25 years, and for the last 10 years, I don't practice anymore. I I'd go around the world teaching this stuff. I still do brain research two hours a day. I still write brain books. I still lecture. I'm still a scientist. But the most important thing I can tell you as a scientist, set up an internal dialogue with God all day long. When God says, pray amen, pray continuously, meditate on the word. You want a good relationship in your life, you are going to have to set up a constant dialogue with God so that you can stay in this zone, so Spirit, Holy Spirit to spirit to soul to body, so that you can use your mind correctly to make the right decisions. Okay, so foundation laid. Let's get a little, we've been a little bit serious. So let's read the chemical analysis of females. This is extremely important. Element name, woman, symbol W-O. Atomic weight, don't even go there. Physical properties, generally round in form, boils at nothing and may freeze at any time, melts when ever treated properly, very bitter if not used well. Chemical properties, very active, highly unstable, possesses a strong affinity to gold, silver, platinum and precious gemstones and shoes. Violent when left alone, able to absorb great amounts of exotic food, turns slightly green in place next to a better specimen. Usage, highly ornamental and extremely good catalyst for the dispersion of wealth. Most, you know, men are from a Visa, women, I mean, men are from Mars, women are from Visa. <laughs> Probably the most powerful income-reducing agent known. Caution, highly <laughs> explosive in inexperienced hands. That was funny. Okay, guys. Chemical analysis of males. Element, man, symbol, XY, atomic weight, 180 pounds plus minus 50 Physical properties, solid at room temperature, gets bent out of shape easily, fairly dense, sometimes flaky, difficult to find a pure sample, due to age and rust, older samples are unable to conduct electricity as well as younger samples. (laughs) Chemical properties, attempts to bond with WO, which is woman, at any chance it can get, also tends to form strong bonds with itself, becomes explosive when mixed with KD, which is child, for prolonged periods of time, can be neutralized by saturating with good food. You should have added sex there as well. Okay. Usage, you're supposed to laugh. (laughs) Usage, none known, possibly a good source of methane gas. (laughs) Caution, in the absence of WO, this element rapidly decomposes and begins to smell. Okay, I mean it's all silly but anyway you can be on the same page much of our interaction gets lost in translation this is so critical that's why I want you to know you're unique you are fearfully made you are made in his image you are expressed through your maleness you express yourself through your maleness and your femaleness and as you use your mind to connect with God you will be on the same page You will not get lost in translation when you listen to God. And what she said wasn't what you heard. How many times have you reacted incorrectly and you've made this assumption and you've had this huge argument when all you needed to do was say, is that what you mean? Instead of assuming that what he said or she said was was what you thought it was. Meanwhile, it wasn't. And what he thought wasn't what you assumed. How many times have you assumed your partner is thinking something when they're not? You've used your brain badly when you've done that. Okay, you've drawn, you've dra- dragged up stuff from the past, and you are viewing your husband or your wife through this in a situation when maybe this is actually not what's happening. This represents a toxic thought. So we need to detox. Okay, so we can, we can start making good choices. So remember the three C's, complete, not compete, compatible, complementary three Cs. Okay, so we need to understand or perfectly you design. I'm not going to go into detail about that. I have uh, products I'll show, tell you about them later on that will help you. I've got a kit that works really well for trying to help you get your relationship right. Okay, so the first thing is this is your brain and the different colored areas of your brain. Basically, um, what we found from brain science, and I'm not. I'm just touching on this. This is, this is hours of teaching. I'm just touching on how you can apply this in terms of relationship. But basically, what we have found is that your brain has seven different areas. And as you are thinking you think through those seven different areas and as and I developed research did a lot of research in this area and developed profiles and what I've used to do in my practice and what I've done for years in helping people to understand themselves and their partners is I developed a profile that there's no wrong answer that helps you understand how you uniquely process thought. So I say that you're unique. I said that each and every one of us is unique. We all know that. Now, here's the science to back that concept up. What we find is that as a person's listening, they are digesting thought through the seven different pillars of their brain in their own unique way. And there's eight billion people on the planet, which means there's eight billion different ways that you can process information. And that's going to produce a unique way of thinking. So if you want to try and understand each other better, I strongly recommend that you actually do this profile, read the material. I have an online program, I have books, I have DVDs, I have so much material around this concept to help you to first understand who are you and who is your spouse. And it's a little scientific tool that is backed with foundations of science to help you understand that you are processing information in your unique way. So eight billion people, eight billion different ways that you use those seven different pillars. All of us have all seven different pillars. We all use them differently. We all have our own unique way that we use them. And that, so this scientific Concept helps us to understand and give us a description of how we function. We, you'll see in one of my books I actually talk about my kids and, and Mac and how it helped us understand each other. There's hundreds of thousands of people around the world now who've done this profile and it's a really very, when I do a whole marriage seminar where I have the time, this is one of the things that you fill in to understand how you function. So when I say who's your, what is your perfectly you, here is something that actually helps you when you fill it in to help you understand what that looks like. Okay? So once we understand our perfectly you, the other thing that we have to do is we have to detox our thought life. So you have to understand who you are, okay? So your uniqueness made in God's image so that you can stay connected to the vine, okay, and, and continually dialogue. The other thing is you have to take responsibility for your thought life. If you don't take responsibility for your thought life, you're not going to have a good marriage because you can't blame everyone else. We, re- we have to recognize that sin is voluntary, Okay? Sin is voluntary, trauma is involuntary. So yes, people have been abused in marriages and abused through life and that's trauma, but trauma looks the same as sin, unfortunately, in the brain. So what we want to do is get rid of these things because research shows us that when you keep toxic thinking in your brain, it increases your, it basically increases your ability of getting very ill by 75 to 98%. Okay, so we want to detoxify your thought life. I have also got online programs and things for that. Okay, so this is what, These are actual thoughts inside of the brain and they look like trees. I've mentioned the tree-like structure and I'm emphasizing the point that you're unique and that every thought that you think becomes a physical reality. So whatever's happening in your marriages is a physical thing inside your head that you built. Because you're a neuroplastician, neuro means brain, plastic means to change, you are designed to change your brain okay so there's hope in the situation you can redesign all those thoughts that you see up on the screen over there you do you not then they, your past is not your future it's not your destiny it's not who you if that's a whole bunch of toxic stuff and in, thoughts inside of your brain that is not who you are that is who you have become if your relationship is full with toxic habits that is not who you are it is who you have become wire you wired it in through your reactions wire it out through your react, through reacting correctly Okay, so that's a basic fundamental thing there. This is another slide of inside the brain. These are actual thoughts. As, uh, this is an actual slide of both of the one before as well. This shows healthy thinking. It looks like spaghetti and meatballs, I was told by one of my students years ago. And there is unhealthy thinking. That little, that's not a hole in your brain. That is actually a whole neurochemical quantum um, like um, damage that occurs around the area of toxic thinking. So what they found is they did a study where they brought a whole lot of couples into, into, a, um, into a laboratory and um, these couples were put into little individual cubicles and they were told to have an argument to argue about, to talk about, not have an argument, but to talk about a contentious subject that would generally lead to potentially an argument in the home environment. Just before they started this little discussion, little argument thing they had little blisters put on their hands. Now in the human body if you have a wound it takes the healing takes place in cycles of 21 days so your body will respond by releasing various different immune factors and then stem cells etc and eventually the little wound will go away and sometimes it takes one cycle sometimes it takes two whatever okay so they knew this so they put a little blister on their hands which they knew within three weeks would be gone. Okay? So completely healed up, and if not a little bit sooner than that. Then they put these couples into these rooms, and they started discussing these contentious subjects. They were all being filmed and observed and whatever, um, and I stress that because when you hear the rest of the study, it's quite interesting. Okay, some of these people agreed to argue nicely. You know, they were having just you a know, heated discussion, but they were doing it in a decent way. Some were getting downright ugly and nasty and sarcastic. There were different levels, there were different ways that people, and some were just awful. And in any case, after, what they did was they sent these couples off, brought them back after three weeks, and they looked at the healing, they evaluated the healing on the blisters. Well, those couples that had argued decently, those blisters were gone. The others, it varied. Some had was only, Some were only 20% healed, some were only 40% healed, some were only 60% healed. In other words, what they found was the level of aggression in the, in the arguing affected and reduced the ability of the immune system to heal. What they found on average was that if you, the more contentious, the more argumentative, the more ugly you get with each other, the more your immune system drops in its ability to protect you. Up to 60%. So your your ability to heal your body and your brain reduces by up to 40 to 60% with every argument that is undealt with, with every toxic issue that is undealt with. We are, because we are in relationship with each other, and quantum physics teaches us this, that the minute that anything is in relationship with it, it is entangled. So whatever you are thinking about your husband or wife, you may not be saying it, but the fact that you are thinking it because you are entangled, you are actually pouring poison in your partner's head and increasing that toxic level okay so we have to be very aware and very careful of how we are using our thoughts okay so i'm going to talk more about this concept over the weekend so what i want to show you now is a couple of male female brain differences remember the three c's complete not compete compatible complementary so here's another half uh, slice through the brain half your brain and that's what we look like in the morning before we put our makeup on all hanging out of our head and there's that brain that you saw over there a few moments ago. Okay, so now I'm gonna just give you some facts and figures and show you how um, relate back to the statement I made at the beginning where I said that we all have the same brain structures, male and female. We all have the same brain structures, but they different sizes, which is very interesting. That's a very simple neuroscientific um, way of explaining male, female brain differences. Now watch what an impact it has. First of all, let's have a look at the first difference. I'm just going to pick up on a few. I have this in detail in this book, this green book over here, which says, who switched off your brain, solving the mystery of he said, she said. I have all these, these different facts about the different sizes of the brain and the different areas and all these and things like communication, the kind of things that I'm covering now, these are directly from this book. The stuff I've covered up to now, that's from my other material. Okay, so, women have a th- the front part of a woman's brain is 36% bigger. Okay, so going from the outside, going, we're looking first at the difference from the outside, and then I'm going to go to a few structures on the inside just to explain how this works. So men have a 38% bigger back part. So the front part of the brain, and I'm just going to jump back to this slide over here, the brown, blue, green, and purple... Stripe is more or less those areas, halfway through the purple stripe, more or less those first four areas, kind of where the green and the purple border, that's considered the front part of the brain. And then kind of the majority of the purple and the red and then and the, that's kind of turquoise color and the yellow, that is considered the back part of the brain. So the front part of the female is 36% bigger in the female, the back part 38% bigger in the male. In general, the front part of the brain deals with things like, interpersonal, introspection, decision-making, thinking, thinking through multiple options, communication, talking words, okay, emotions. That's, now males and females have all of that, but women have 36% more circuitry and more action in that area of the brain, okay. So, does, so this, this means that women tend to, this is one of the reasons why women tend to express their emotions externally, why we talk things out more, and why we talk with a lot of detail. And we'll talk about talk in a moment as well. Now with the guys, the back part of the brain in general, each, it's, I'm being very, very general now broad, deals more with logical, mathematical, spatial, visual, spatial, movement, etc. So it's more inside type thinking. So male and female have that. but men have more circuits to the back women have more circuits to the front which means men women talk more detail externally men tend to think more uh, to talk more detail internally so women are thinking out loud men tend to solve the problem internally and speak the language of action so what happens is that if you look back at that slide men have got the the circuits moving to the back of the brain they have like a whole whack of circuits that move towards the top part of the purple and the green and that is um, the kind of an action area in the brain. So men tend to think things through internally inside their mind and then speak the language of actions. Women are thinking out loud. Now, this is complementary. Neither is better than the other. It is incredibly complementary and compatible and exponentially better together, okay? Because what happens is that women, as they're speaking, they're focusing on the detail, on the emotions, and bringing all this colour and flavour. Men are are getting these very focused, logical, mathematical solutions the one without the other is only half of the coin any kind of decision any kind of thinking or processing requires both okay to get to get the full picture when you put that together you get the full picture you get a much more effective clear picture so if we have a look at the words just to help you Uh, So men have also have inside the brain, men have six times, and I'll pull this all together, men have six times more grey matter. So grey matter is the tops of the trees. These are called dendrites. And the the tree trunks are called white matter. So on the outside of the brain, we have the grey matter. And going towards the inside of the brain, we have the white matter. So men have six times more of the grey matter. Women have ten times more of the white matter. It's doesn't mean one is better than the other. It just, it just just um, um, It's just a different way of intellectualizing and processing. The gray matter is like computers, like these supercomputers. Male and female have gray matter. The white matter is like the internet. Both male and female have the internet. Women just have more of the internet. Men have more of the computers. So what that means is that men are more focused and localized and compartmentalized in their thinking. That's how God's designed them, which is an incredible skill. And women also do that, but men just do. More in terms of their processing, their intellectualizing. So it's a different type of intellectualizing, and women tend to focus more on internet. Now think of internet, where there's multiple windows opening, con- looking at all different kinds of things. Open into the search here, search there. Any of you who've know, you know, when you go on the internet, how you can search and open and have 20 windows open in a few seconds on your window, or your fo- on your phone or your computer or whatever. Um, whereas, on, so if you think of it, a supercomputer without the internet is pretty useless and the internet without a supercomputer is pretty useless. Are you getting my point? So we intellectualize differently, but we get to the same, it's not one better than the other. This whole thing of women being more intelligent or men being more intelligent in this whole debate, it's a moot point, it's ridiculous because we are in more intelligence together because we have one side of the coin and men have the other side of the coin it's two complementary compatible ways of thinking that actually enhance each other so from the outside of the brain we have the female bigger the male bigger at the back and the female front part of the brain bigger so women thinking out men thinking in Okay, the language of action. On top of that, we have men having more supercomputers, so that accounts for the more compartmentalized, more action oriented more logical, mathematical, more we're going to do this, we should do that, etc. Women with more detail, more color, more windows open, jumping all over the place. It seems like we're jumping all over the place, but we're not really. We're just opening up a lot of windows in our internet, okay? So basically, it's a lot of thinking searches. Women do a lot of thinking searches. Men also do them, but they're more focused more localized. Both ways are fantastic. If you just have one, it's very clinical. If you just have the other, it's going to go crazy. But we balance each other. It's all about balance. So let's see it in another structure. How does a supply when we process the events and circumstances of life? So generally because of the big, bigger back part of the male brain and because of more of the white, the gray matter, man, the, a man will start, generally will start with the big picture, internal talk sorting it all out, visualize it and the details, and then speak the language of action. So when a man is speaking, he's done a lot of this thinking. Now we do all of that externally. So we start with all the details, external talk, and explain the details. So both are complementary. You can't say, oh my gosh, that's crazy, that one's crazy, you should do this, you should do that. No that's how you are designed to process as a male and a female. And then on top of that, you have your own unique flavoring, how you use those seven different pillars of the brain. So the stuff that you produce is incredible. You are very impressive. Whatever you're thinking about now, put that together with the male and the female together, you have a very, very impressive solution. Now, if you're not married... Well, and let's say that this I know this is a marriage seminar, but people often will say to me things like, what if I don't, if I'm not married, does this mean that I'm only half a person? Of course not. Because whether you like it or not, you're in a world of males and females. So you are always going to be in a world of males and females. So you always have to understand that the opposite sex think differently. So to understand these these things, and I mean I have tons of these points in my book, is going to help you to just understand your fathers, brothers, uncles, sisters, work colleagues, etc., etc. So we all need to understand each other. Okay, so a couple more examples. Talking and communication. Men and women speak the same amount of words every day. There's a myth going around. It's been going around for way too long that men speak, women speak 25,000 words a day and women speak 15,000. It's not scientific, never has been, never was proven. It's a myth, like a lot of these myths that enter into, uh, into folklore and they just get repeated so often that we think it's a fact. It's not a fact. The fact is that men and women speak around about 16,000 words a day. Okay, Men concentrate theirs during the workday. Women spread theirs. So at the end of the workday when the man wants to go into his cave, what does that mean? Okay, during the day, male and female, we are building, we are building um, our thoughts. And as we are building our thoughts, we are then um, male and female, we close them towards the end of the day. That's how God's designed our brains. So at the end of the day, women with their words, we are closing by speaking men close by kind of slipping into their mind. So that time between four and seven is where men are flicking the channel on the TV, looking at the newspaper, doing everything. And we are and we are talking nonstop, nonstop, nonstop. So this is where a lot of conflict occurs at that time of the day so girls give him his cave time guys let her talk but Girls, I suggest you talk to the dog, the cat, your kids, your mother-in-law, your best friend. Get all the talking out. Get your things sorted out. Let him have his cave time. And then around about 7 or 8, you find the time that suits to you. Suits you. Then you discuss those issues. I don't suggest you discuss issues that are big issues at that, in that time frame. You girls, sort out your things. Guys, you have your time out. And then you will find when you do, it will be the three C's will start operating. Do you get what I'm saying? Okay, so... Um, Women speak the language of emotions laden with memory. That's because of the bigger front part of the brain, because a lot of different, I haven't got time to go through all the structures, but because of that internet fact, uh, the the more white matter in the woman's brain. Men speak the language of facts, actions, and results because of the bigger part of the back part of the brain, because of the fact that there's the six times more of the gray matter. Women have a bigger strip in the middle of the brain, which deals with language, and it's 11% bigger. So we just have, we we speak the same amount words but we have more detail attached to our words because of that slightly bigger strip men have a bigger visual part so they have a a clearer visual image of information doesn't mean women don't see and men don't talk it just is there's more circuitry are you getting what i'm saying And it's all complementary. It's it's all like God said, okay, let me just make two sides of the coin. You know, the coin is not complete unless both sides are there. So it's simple to to understand it like that. Men separate words, emotions, and memory. This is an interesting one. If a man goes through experiences something like with kids or at work or whatever, um, after the initial like whoop, he has the information, a man is able to compartmentalize the words, the emotions, and kind of get keep going through the day. Whereas women, it's kind of all intermingled and all one, so it kind it can invade us and and invade the rest of our day. Am I right, girls? so there we can help each other so where we know that and that's not a it's not a bad thing that women mix the emotions it's not a bad thing that men separate the emotions and the words both are fantastic when you put that together you have the whole picture because separating and mixing are both very very good actions but and they're very complementary women and men both do both but men separate more women mix more you getting my point his brain is built to see conversation as a means to an end because of the back part of the brain. Ours is just talking is just an end in itself. I mean, this is so we use our words spread, and guys will use their words in clusters when they've done the research. Most guys have used up most of the sixteen thousand during the course of the workday, whereas the girls have still got spread, and that's where that myth entered that women have got more talking to do at night and women talk more, etc., etc. So um, that's just interesting thing. So this is a new seatbelt design. terrible okay he internal talks how many minutes have I got left five 45 five can I go a little okay great he's just given me 10 are you sure about that because I can stretch 10 into 20 no just 10 I'll stick with 10 okay so he internal talks okay because of the structure and um, he internal talks goes into his, his back part of his brain so when I was teaching this in a church in a few years back this example always pops into my mind because this pastor had five daughters and no sons. So he had his wife and five daughters, so there's a lot of girls around him. And he even had girl dogs. He didn't even have girl boy dogs. He just had all these female dogs as well. So when I told him this, He's, he, they lived by the sea. His family he loved um, he loved shark cage diving. So his family actually bought him a shark cage, put it in his office with this gorgeous chair that they decorated like a throne. So when he needed his cave time, when he needed to internal talk, when he needed his space away from all the girls in his life, he would go in his little shark cage and he would sit in his throne. So they knew if they came in his office, you didn't talk to him. So there's an extreme application of how to make your life work. Okay, males have less. Circuits in the verbal and emotional and conversational areas of the brain. So, this whole thing of women and those are the, towards the front of the brain. So, these verbal, emotional, conversational are towards the front. So, we all have that, male and female, but there's more circuits in the female going towards the front. So, and more in their and, 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 and circuits in the verbal, but they have more in the problem solving areas, which is more or less where I'm putting my hand now, kind of just behind my ears. There's more, so women have them there as well, but men have more. You know, if you hear what I'm saying, and you hear a few more things that I'm saying, God really planned this. He planned this to be completely complementary and compatible and completing. We designed to complete each other. So in the, the different size structures, in the more white matter and the, all the little these differences that we see in the male female brain, we see a different use of the brain. So we see our uniqueness expressed in a maleness way and in a fel- femaleness way, and those are complementary. So this is why we, when we come back together again, we're getting both sides of the coin. OK, so um, interesting there that um, this, this whole th- the way that a man can uh, let me give this example. When the when when we, Mac and I first got married, he he's such a man man. That's why I used him in my book. Not that you aren't men-men. but he. I would watch him when I was writing my male female brand book, and I'd say, "Oh, that's such a great thing," and I'd go write it down. You know. Then the kids would say, "Hey, look, mom, look what dad's doing. Quickly, you're gonna write that down or whatever." Anyway, the beginning. <laughs> (laughs) Then I started watching them and I said, hmm, you know, there's some interesting things going on over here. Then they started watching me. So this book was very interesting because the whole family got involved. And once we were aware of the differences, it was very exciting to see how we could actually use those differences to target the struggle. Anyway... The point that I'm making is that when Mac would come home from from work, when he still worked in an office in those days, um, he would get very quiet going to his cave time and he would get this like glazed expression on his face and he would seem to be removing away. And as, as a new bride, I couldn't understand why aren't you wanting to just talk to me all the time and look at me and you know what we like, okay? We like to be looked at and spoken to and etc. etc. And I would say, what's wrong? And he would say, nothing is wrong. And I said, but your face looks funny. What's wrong? And of course, we'd have an argument because he's telling me there's nothing wrong and I'm saying there's something wrong anyway. So this thing could escalate and it created a bad pattern very early on that we had to actually work on. And this is before I did this particular brain research. Thank goodness I did this brain research early in my marriage because I'm telling you a lot of the mistakes that we still made, we were able to rectify and still rectify quickly because of the understanding. It's taught me And Mac to be more tolerant of each other it's taught us to tolerate it's taught us to recognize hey I can't make him like me he is not me he's not going to think like he needs that time leave him alone when he's in that zone don't talk to I know I don't talk to Mac when he gets a certain look on his face unless I want to be snapped at so and I don't want to be because then I'll react back and why waste the energy I'd much rather waste the energy on nice stuff it's very draining when you're in the zone. If you haven't already discovered, it's awful when you have an argument. So decide where you want to pour your energy. So it can be confusing when a guy internally talks and moves away, but he's not withdrawing from you, girls. He's processing. You know, And if we understand this and we know this, I promise you guys, am I right? Within a few minutes or however long it takes, you will be ready to actually listen. But when, you, when that zone is, when, you, when someone pushes into that zone, when you're trying to process something, it can make you very irritated. Yes or no? Okay. Okay, so, talking. She discusses with detail out loud to a conclusion. Man assumes, okay, so talk, 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 you're solving this thing, and there's this long thing, and you've been so kind and so patient, and then you start all over again. And you say, but I thought that we had actually come to the conclusion. No, 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 I just need to talk it through again. And he thinks, okay, I'll listen again, and by the fourth time, he's had enough. Anyway, just women are just talking. Guys, some advice girls you have you can 't kind of you need to balance so this is where we balance each other, so a bit of advice for both of us we need to talk it through we need to talk it through more than once so if you know that you 're prepared for it but girls you can 't keep on at some point you have to come to a conclusion and this will come to a solution or come to a point where you are prepared to let things go or go to the next level or whatever it may be and that 's where guys are great when, when you 've given. When you've given your wife or um, fiance or girlfriend some time to talk something through, this is where men are brilliant at actually kind of shape the direction. Okay, well, maybe we should do this. Maybe we should do that. Or whatever the next step is to get some kind of conclusion. Otherwise, women can just keep going and men can be too clinical. So the balance comes in, women bring in that, like, that, that kind of fluffy, for want of a better word, and men can be too clinical, but they can bring in that balance, so it's all about balance once again. Okay, so um, just a couple of fun things here. Um, we, women's robust circus towards the front of their brain enable them to see the impact of their words. I always check Max emails before you We well, like as far as possible time-wise. Because I often find he sends things, especially when he's trying to process something, he, he'll write it down and it can, can come across quite um, short. I don't know if you girls are you know, kind of almost unfriendly. And when he's had time to process it, it never comes out like that. So generally, where a woman has a much better idea of the impact of their words. I don't know how many times, girls, you find yourself saying, don't say it like that. Say it like this. Have you ever said that to your husband? Be careful how you say that. Or, gee, you're a bit rude. They say, what? I'm rude. I what, was, what did I do? And, then, and the guys can't see that. That's just because we have, and that's where God is saying, hey, guys, listen to your wives. And guys, girls, help your husband and vice versa. Because sometimes we say too much or we say too much emotion or we say, and that's where the guys will, you know, just tap you under the table. That little cue, you've said enough. So you can help each other, okay? Greeting cards. Watch how guys get greeting cards. They choose with the most words. Girls get the empty ones and write all these long things in them. <laughs> girls don't want to be fixed, we want to be listened to, OK? So because you've internalised, you've taken that time, you've processed so there's a problem, an issue, whatever. Um, when something happens, if I think of our four children and we're having a discussion or whatever, and the kids come with a problem, um, Mac immediately wants to give a solution. And my son, immediately, the two of them are having the solution, and dear will say, oh, these girls, when are they just going to listen to us, Dad? But we don't want to be just fixed. We want you to listen to us. We want to do the solution together. We want to find it together. So men just need to be a little bit more aware that when you are talking, don't just give us the solution. We want your solution, but we want it when we're ready for it. Because we do know that you have very, very good, instinctively, all of us women are designed to recognize a guy's ability to kind of pull things to a point where you can actually find a solution. It doesn't mean that you're not contributing. We contribute, we are equal, we are equally intelligent, we, we have as much to say, but men have a great way of kind of wrapping it up. Okay. So, But we need to be careful that it isn't wrapped up too soon, because you can miss a lot of the detail. We provide a lot of the detail that is incredibly important for that information. Okay. This is why I always say you can never have a CEO of an organisation being only male dominated or only female dominated. You need to make sure that there is a good, a good advisory capacity of the opposite sex. That's why I always enjoy seeing males and females running organisations. Okay, here direct. So um, when men, when men talk like playing tennis, back forth, back forth, score a goal. Women, it's like going shopping you see one thing and you see another thing and you see another thing it's retail therapy never ends okay indirect women use indirect words sort of maybe kind of etc men use direct will you when will you none always never absolutely word of advice be very careful girls and guys of using very strong words like you never you absolutely you always those are guaranteed to start a war okay so because they're just too final always be a little bit more you know just walk around it a bit use other kinds of adjectives be very careful of using very final adjectives in your discussion so guys if you're thinking that just stop for a moment use your incredible ability to think through things and choose another word and girls as well just be careful you don't overload the words because we tend to use the absolutely past 5000 other words and then we it's just too much so, so we need to also stop ourselves sometimes and summarize and say okay this is what i'm saying Okay. Um, anger. Very quickly. Men fire up much quicker, but they cool down much quicker. So we have this incredible circuitry in the front of the brain. I'm going to just use my, my um, hands and my, my head to demonstrate this. Inside the front part of our brain, more or less between your eyebrows, okay, you've got uh, the front part of your brain, the basal forebrain. It kind of is on the bridge of your nose inside your head. You then have, going directly back from that, you have a structure called the amygdala and then from the, then you have another and there's like a little triangular relationship between the amygdala and the front part of the brain and your heart okay this is like little triangle thing going on your heart plays a role in thinking as well it gives like a kind of final checking station of thinking okay so you also have a part in the middle of your brain deep down inside called the anterior central gyrus okay so think of a triangle with a with a with a loop on top of it so the triangle is from there directly back Down to your heart, so you've got this triangle thing, and then you add a loop on top of it. Can you visualize that? So there's something going on between the middle over here. Okay, This is a circuit that deals with your ability. It's very involved in processing. It's very involved in thinking. It's one of the multiple circuits. It's also very involved in how we are going to react to situations. So it's like an extra circuit that adds flavor to and more information. Um, to enhance the wisdom and the quality, so it's, when it's used properly, these circuits are incredible. Now, in the male, it's a much more the little loop doesn't loop much at all. It's a very kind of um, a very kind of smooth triangle with a very tiny loop. But in women, there's a huge loop. Okay, so when you're thinking, as you are about to process the the the, the amygdala sends through the perception that you have to the front part of the brain. The front part of the brain evaluates the perception, which is which is the perception of the memory. What is the perception? What is the sort of emotional content of the memory? It's evaluated by the front part of your brain. Your heart gives a little bit of input, and then you're dis, you're, um, you, you activate the loop, which shifts between thoughts. So all the structures of the brain respond to the mind. They can't do what I've just said if you did. They only do it when you're alive. So God has designed that when you shift between thoughts, the loop is activated. God has designed when you want to check what you're thinking about, your heart is activated and speaks to the front part of your brain. God has designed your brain when you are um, introspecting and thinking deeply the front part of your brain and so on and so on. So the different parts of the brain are designed to respond to the mind okay so basically in a woman when a situation happens and she gets upset and you're having an argument or whatever a woman will take actually will take much longer than a man to get mad okay because of that extra loop we start reasoning and we start pulling in the internet things and you know not the real internet the internet in your brain etc etc and but when we do get mad we take much longer to calm down Whereas a man, because of that looping much shorter, they get mad quicker, but they calm down quicker. So you may have had an argument, and 10 minutes later, your husband's getting all like, you know, um, wants to kiss you and all the rest of it. And you're not interested because you're still mad, okay? So... Now, guys, here's a tip. When you get mad and have an an angry argument, when you get into this zone, those circuits don't fire properly. Nothing fires properly when you're in this zone, okay? So instead of this, this circuit, which is incredible for helping you discern things and have wisdom, it now becomes no discernment and no wisdom. So instead of it being good, justifiable, focused, righteous anger or clear thinking, it becomes frustrated bad anger. And that's when the snapping and the fighting happens. So cortisol will flow in excess in both ca- in both the male and the female. It's not good for you, cortisol in excess. Cortisol is very good for you. Your heart would stop and a whole bunch of other things would go wrong if you didn't have any. But in this zone, it functions properly. In this zone, it goes crazy. So when you are, one of the quickest ways of calming down each other in an argument, whoever's the the calm one first of you, both not calm, just be what I'm telling you in mind and realize that you're busy destroying your brain like with pouring battery acid all over your brain with that cortisol number one. Plus the toxic thought is putting you in the danger zone, increasing your your, your susceptibility to illness, mental and physical by 75 to 98%. Um, it's basically setting you up for Alzheimer's and dementia. Do I need to say any more? Okay. So with that in mind and what you're gonna learn the rest of this weekend, Think of that anger that you're in and think of, okay, let me get over this. The quickest way is to pour on love. So the quickest way, guys, you want, to, you want some fun with your wife? Give her flowers, give her organic chocolate. Tell her she's right, you're completely wrong. When she's calm, she'll admit she's wrong as well. Okay. But the whole thing is just get over yourselves. Just reach out in love. Just go and say sorry, even if you were wrong, you were part of the argument. Just go and say sorry, just send a text, send a, a cutie, naughty emoji. Who does that? And I'm sure you've got your own version of your emojis that mean all kinds of naughty things, but that you allow to say to each other, send it. In the midst of, even if you don't feel like it, send it and watch the change. And when we were, when we were getting married, just before we got married, Mac and I used to go to attend the Catholic church at that stage before we joined the Pentecostal church, and the priest told us this very good advice. When you are arguing, take off your clothes and hold hands and continue the argument. The priest told us that. It works so well, I promise you. Take off your clothes, you will not argue anymore. And the cortisol drops very fast. It takes 12 hours for cortisol to drop in a woman. If you carry on arguing, you're going to wait 12 hours, guys. And then a the guy takes an hour. I don't know why I'm going to ask God about that. Anyway, but if you, if you love a person and you're kind and you, and you say you're sorry, the cortisol will drop, will, the, will drop down to the right levels much quicker than in 12 hours. Okay, so really, anyway. Okay, so um, let me just grab the last couple of things. When, when stress is good... Um, In this side, stress is incredible. It's wonderful. It helps you focus. But when you don't think correctly, stress goes wrong and then it creates all kinds of problems. When a woman, the way, um, the because of the inside of the brain, we have this ACG that I mentioned a few moments ago. The ACG is a gear shifter. It does, it shifts between thoughts. It's bigger in a female, smaller in a male. There's also something called the insula. This is the last fact that I'm going to give you tonight, this, this combination now, second last fact. The insula is more or less above your ears. It helps to bring the past to the present. It helps bring memories from the non-conscious to the conscious. It also helps us recognize what's going on in our body. It is also bigger in the female than in the male. The amygdala, which holds our perceptions, which is in the middle of the brain, two little almond-shaped structures, more or less there where I'm pointing between the corner of your eyes. Those three things, the ACG, the gear shifter, the insula, which brings the past to the present, and the amygdala, which holds our perceptual memories, our emotional perceptions, all those three things work together when it comes to things like stress, which is how we actually react to and respond to life, okay? So stress is the focus, the mode. The Stress is a mindset that we go into when we're about to make a decision, okay? You probably didn't know that definition of stress. So. A whole bunch of structures in the brain kick into action, but those three the insula plays a large role, the the amygdala plays a big role, and the ACG plays a big role. A C G bigger in the female, so the ACG tends to um is, is a predictor. So it shifts between thoughts and makes predictions. So women shift between thoughts and they make they make they shift more. More shifting, more prediction. Men, it's more focused and the predictions are more laser-like. Okay, the insider brings the past to the present. It's bigger in the female. So the female brings through the past into the present with more detail because of the size and collapses the present into the past because of the size. The smaller insulin in the male doesn't mean it's not good. It's just as good. It just does a different function. It comes through much more laser-like. So you're already hearing men have a more laser-like focus. Women have a more, um, more collapsed, more not collapsed. It's the wrong word. More broad focus, okay, with more detail attached. Okay, so then we've got the ACG activated, we've got the insula activated, then we've got the amygdala, which is where our perceptual library is, and that's bigger in the male than in the female, and that's one of the reasons why, um, also one of the reasons why men get um, ang- angry quicker and calm down quicker, because of the size of the amygdala. Um, that also gets involved in this decision-making thing that puts us into good or bad stress. So that all of those work together. The bigger the bigger amygdala in the male enables the male to also, it works with the laser-like focus it enables the male to actually have you ever watched a male walk into a room your husband walk into a room or walk into an airport or something and immediately he's scanning out all the entrances exits what's going on etc meanwhile we're looking at who's just had an argument or what that one's wearing or we're more aware of the emotions we have a different focus so we're looking at the detail the men are looking at the big picture so in a situation where you're about to make a decision okay when you are in stress stage one all of those areas that I've just described, plus a whole bunch more in the brain, we have hundred structures in the brain, fire up. And because of the different sizes, the woman's focus becomes more detailed and the man's focus becomes more laser. Okay, so there's a shifting between thoughts, there's all these things that I've just described, so we have this different way that we're looking at a situation. So let's have a look at an example, let's say that you're about to invest some money maybe in a home, maybe in some kind of shares at you, you've got a bit of money and you're going to do something with that, and now you're… the, the, the history of the of the female let's say the the wife maybe in the past she grew up and her family lost all their money so there's this toxic thing of of, of this whole thing of when you of you know the, what it feels like to be in a situation of having no money and that popped immediately through the insula the um, from collapses though it was that happened then maybe 30 years ago into the present there's this whole emotional thing happening because the past and the present aren't separated there's this whole prediction of what could happen this can go wrong and that can go wrong and that can go right and, that can go wrong. and there's lots of detail happening um some perceptual um emotional stuff starts coming from the amygdala um that won't have as much impact because it will be because it's a little bit smaller in the female so they but they still will come through so there's still this library um uh, pers- uh, the amygdala is like a Library with all these books with all this information, and you basically would pull that library book out, and the books for the female are a little bit smaller than the male 's book so there 's more more information in um, in the male book the f- so the woman 's got this whole mixed thing the male on the other hand that 's maybe he also went through something in the past or he knows about what his wife 's family went through, but he brings that from the past. And it stays in the past so it's not collapsed into the present even though the woman knows it's not the present the emotion she experiences as though it's in the present so it's kind of blended and it's come through with more detail with a man it's that happened then okay his predictor's more laser like he's saying well that happened then and he's separating more so Already you can see the picture. The, the woman is gonna come at this thing with a lot more detailed emotion and a lot more, this could go wrong and that could go wrong. Um, a lot more emotion and may make a wrong decision because of being colored by what happened in the past. May or may not. The man may or may not be so caught up in the desire for this goal that he doesn't he doesn't take heed of what could go wrong and doesn't pay enough attention to what can go wrong. So that's if you're both in a toxic zone. If you're in a healthy zone, the male can help the female um, to separate out the past from the present and see it more logically. The female can add more detail. So together you can, are you seeing what I'm saying? So in other words, I mean, I'm giving you a lot of broad information. There's so much I can spend days and days and days on this. That's why I've got materials for you. But the whole point is that you are designed to complete each other. Now, let me end off with sex because that's always important and you're all going on a date night. So love and sex, all you need is oxytocin. Genesis 22, 22 says, The Lord God fashioned into a woman the rib which he had taken from the man and brought her to the man. And they felt that special euphoria that only comes from a rush of phenylalanine and dopamine followed by the desire to bond and the goofy feelings caused by oxytocin and dopamine. Me, that's in Genesis 2.22. Have you seen it? Okay, in the book of imaginations, anyway, that's the science behind what happens. So, when you are married and you kiss, there is men have a hundred times more testosterone, and the testosterone than women, and it passes through and it activates the sexual response, activates the hormones involved in the sexual response, and that leads you know, so God has designed. There's this whole physical reaction just from the touch and the kiss, just from the, the building up. So sex is not just about the action, it's about what happens the whole week before. It's the whole mindset, it's the whole memory of the previous experience. If you want a great sex life, you need to find time in your mind to focus on each other. Look at your wife, look at your husband, think they're cute, think they're sexy, think about it, talk, play games, um, send little notes to each other. It's the build up and the anticipation that will change the way that you actually have a sexual relationship. because it is a way of bonding that is not just the physical it has a massive spiritual component a lot of us are losing out on that deep spiritual component because we are not preparing our minds sufficiently before and it shows research shows that the more you anticipate the more you prepare for that event so when you do have sex it's actually so much more eventful so much more powerful and the lasting impact is so much greater the purpose of sex is multi multiple uh, it's brain health body health obviously the children obviously all those basic practical Things, but it changes your relationship. It keeps you connected. When you have sex, you have a bit of each other inside of you. And I'm not talking about the physical organs. I'm talking about the fact that you spiritually will change, and physically you build thoughts, not those things. You build healthy thoughts of each other. You literally build each other inside each other's heads. And every time that you have this physical touch before, and all the build up to to the build up of lovemaking to the actual act, you are enhancing and growing physically. God has given us sex to grow our relationship and look at each other differently. And you don't have to have that if you don't want to. If you just use it as a physical thing, it's just a now and then thing, and it's not if you don't bring that whole spiritual mind build up in, you won't get the same kind of level of benefit. I was teaching this at a church as well in, back in South Africa years ago, and the pastor, when I talked about the testosterone, burst out laughing. He laughed so much he fell off his chair. So obviously we had to find out why he fell off his chair and what was so funny. He turned to his wife and he said, I spat in your Coke. That's why you married me. So he spat his testosterone in a coke. You're supposed to be laughing. Okay. So based on that, I mean, there's so much more I can share with you, but I'm going to stop there. I I want to just encourage you that it's such an easy thing to have an incredible relationship. It is a decision that you have to make with your mind. James 121 says that the implanted word of God will save our soul not the implanted word of google gossip and indulging all your toxic habits every bad thing that is built into a marriage I've started sharing with you this evening I've got materials to help you I've got all this I've actually but and I've got actually got a list of the little pack I said I would show you the Talk about the little pack that I recommend. That you essential that are essential resources to a great relationship. And all of these resources, you don't have to get them. I really, it's up to you. I just put all my stuff from my research and my clinical practice. I've put into materials because I can't counsel. I don't have time to counsel people individually. And in any case, research shows that when you work on your on yourself with the Holy Spirit and you work together with the Holy Spirit, you will have a better result anyway. Okay, so basically, um, oopsie look how I spelled your. I can spell by the way. Switch off your brain. Y-O-U-R. That green book, I would strongly recommend. It's got all these little brain things that you can do. All the little, all the brain tips. I go all the way through from emote. Can you just quickly open up the contents page, emotions, communication, um, stress. Um, what I didn't say about stress earlier on, stress is sta- stage one is good, stage two and three is bad. So when we start making the wrong decision, we step into stage two and stage three. And when a man is in stage two and stage three, he tends to withdraw. When a woman is in stage two and stage three, she wants to bond. So that withdrawing is a sign from God to say, hey, connect with me, let me help you. And the connecting, the reaching out and talking to others is God telling you that you need to talk about the stuff to him. Do you get what I'm saying? So God, everything about how we function, God has designed your brain to help you bring you closer to him and to improve your relationships. I have a Perfectly You online series which is that which is, teaches you about how to understand who you are, what it means to be in the Perfectly You. It's got that profile I spoke about. There's the Gift in You book and DVD and online programs. Um, this is... The, this is the kit that when I do marriage seminars, when Mac and I do whole conferences, this is the kit that, that we give the, the delegates. So that's why I'm just sharing this with you. So you once you understand the kind of differences, which is the first one, once you understand who you are and who your spouse is, that helps you. Um, the gift in you also has the same profile. It's just a shorter version of it. Um, then there's the 21-day brain detox. There's the book and there's the online program that actually is how to help you wire these things out. I'm going to be speaking a lot about the 21 day detox concept over this weekend and a little bit more about the perfectly you and then we also run workshops if you ever want to find out about that but basically you can do this you are designed this is my closing statement i promise god has designed your brain in a way to serve your mind your brain serves your mind it is to your mind that you will choose to go down the right pathway you have a love power and a sound mind how you choose to think and use your mind that is going to determine the kind of relationship that you have